Hello, everybody, and welcome to Art Drama Llama, where we look beyond the galleries and dish on the art world's gossip, rivalries, and eccentricities. My name is Manchi. I'm Vartika. And I'm Sandra. And today we're going to look beyond a heist at the Vincent Van Gogh National Museum. Ooh. Wow. Um, I can't believe somebody tried to heist them. Well, I guess you would want to heist a Van Gogh, right? <laughs> but it's such an obvious location. Yeah. So going back a little bit, the, like we talked about in last episode, this season we're talking about art heists that have happened, whether they failed, went through, whatever. And so, yeah, this episode we'll be talking about a heist that happened at the Vincent Van Gogh National Museum in Amsterdam. So I have a few jokes or like puns, but I'll save those for the end. Let me talk about the, the actual thing first. So what happened was car trouble got in the way of what would have been the biggest art heist in history. In April 1991, armed gunmen stole 20 Van Gogh paintings from the Vincent Van Gogh National Museum in Amsterdam. And random side fact I've actually been to this museum um but anyways one of the museums I mean sorry not one of the museums one of the thieves hid in the museum until after its closing and let his accomplice in after nightfall so the gunman forced the guards one of whom was also later named an accomplice to disarm the security systems and then tied the rest of the guards up the two gunmen took a leisurely approach, spending over 45 minutes looking through the works before choosing their favorites and tucking their choices into garment bags. So this could have been one of the most spectacular heists, but it also turned out to be one of the shortest. So the Van Goghs, many of which were from the artist's late period, were found in a car at a nearby railway station less than an hour later. A second car with which the robbers had planned to meet up had gotten a flat tire. When the car didn't arrive, the thieves got scared and left the artist sunflowers, irises, and potato eaters and hit the road. The artwork, which was so briefly stolen, was estimated at nearly $500 million in value, and three of the paintings were actually severely damaged. Three months later, in July 1991, four men, including one of the guards, um, that I mentioned earlier, they were all arrested for the crime. And as we mentioned before, or I just mentioned, one of the four men charged was also one of the security, two security guards who had been working inside the museum at the time of the theft. A second accomplice was a former employee of the museum security firm. So we have so far we have a guard and a former employee of the security firm. And then the other two were the apparent masterminds, each of whom had made promises to the museum, in, museum insider and former contractor that they would receive a substantial fee for facilitating the robbery. Um, and then I can quickly name like the 20 artworks that were stolen. Many of these are really famous or you've probably seen before. So the first one was Still Life, vase with 15 sunflowers, 1889. Second one was The Bedroom, 1888. That's the year it was painted in or completed in. The third one was Wheatfield with Crows, 1890. The Sower, 1888. 
the potato eaters or like the final version of it because he van gogh painted multiple of these but the final version 18 which was painted in 1885 that was the fifth one and then number six was the still life vase with violet irises against a yellow background 1890 um Number seven was Still Life with Open Bible, Extinguished Candle, and Novel. And this one's also known as Still Life with Bible. So shortened title. 1985. That's Sorry, not 1885. <laughs> what were you saying? It's a lot of paintings that they stole. Yeah, and these paintings are not always that small. Like, you... Right. They're huge. So I, I don't know. These guys were, I don't, don't want to say they were idiots because, I mean, they managed to make it happen, but they're, both of their cars seem to fail. So, you know, um, the fact that they were able to like bribe a museum security guard and then also somebody who used to work for the museum security firm makes me feel like maybe art heist is a lot easier than we think it is. <laughs> I mean, given the value of the paintings, or these paintings specifically, it probably wasn't that hard. Like, like we said, these they were estimated at nearly five hundred million dollars. So, But that we'll was, probably get. but that's 1991, which is quite a bit if you then account for Yeah, what we're doing for today. yeah, exactly. So, even if they each got. a quarter of the piece that's still what 125 million dollars each A lot. yeah and for the 1990s yeah Yeah, I mean, I, I'm just surprised that it was. that they were able to one, bribe people, and two, spend 45 minutes uh, going through the works before leaving. yeah they were just like oh Let's take our time, pick which ones we want. Yeah, but I guess that's Uh, why three months later they were all arrested. yeah. <laughs> well, for our listeners, if you want the whole list, you can go search it up. Should I say the puns or like the jokes now? <laughs> Wait, maybe we should, uh, Sandra and I should try to guess the puns Okay. or give our take. Sandra, you want to do the honors? Mm, I'm practicing being less self-centered, so you do it. Ugh. Um. Oh, wait. This is bad because I'm looking at all your puns now. Do you go? <laughs> Whoops. I didn't realize that's what the bulleted uh, where the arrowed sections were. Well, I mean, Yeah. I guess you definitely have to go something with the van, right? I guess they didn't have enough or their van couldn't go. Isn't that the most classic one? Yeah, that's that's one of them. <laughs> Or I mean, that's also the name of the episode, right? When it all yes. goes flat. When it all goes, I think that's actually a funnier take than when the van doesn't go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, I'll just say them all. So wait, wait, a couple wait. of oh Sandra, you want yeah. to give it a shot? Mm, I just I don't think I can show you up, Nancy.
Wait, see, right. <laughs> Tika, can we go beyond the just Van Gogh's name? What? Can we go beyond just Van Gogh's name? Uh, he, yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if we can do something with the name of one of his paintings, like Starry Night. Maybe we can be, they were all starry-eyed. <laughs> starry-eyed <laughs> dreamers. <laughs> yeah, starry-eyed dreamers. Um, I guess they didn't have enough potatoes to eat. I don't know. I'm really trying. This is not my expertise. <laughs> Your dad's senses failed you. I know. I know. So sad. Yeah, that's it. That's it. I'm kind of reaching the, the well, the end of the well here. It wasn't a very uh, extensive well, but <laughs> I tried. I was like, wait, that Lincoln Park song, you like, tried so hard, and in the end, it didn't even matter. Yeah. Wait, I don't remember how the song goes. Well, whenever you're feeling emo, look it up. Just look up Lincoln Park. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, back or to maybe, you. Yeah, or maybe when I'm emo, I should just uh, think back to all these funny art puns that Tika's about to spit out. <laughs> okay. Okay, so a couple of guys robbed an art gallery, but their but then their van wouldn't start because they didn't have the Monet to buy the gas or you know the gas to make the van go. Oh my god! There's oh. more. When oh. caught, they said they had been framed. <laughs> I definitely think they were painted as villains in this case. It's a conspiracy. The police wore Hall in on it. Like Warhol. Yeah, Warhol. Yeah, Warhol. Did they use a dolly to load the van? Oh. Yes, but in order to make the van go, they had to move it. They had to move it? Well, I don't get that. That makes sense. <laughs> Was this supposed to be in a pun on like move? They had to move it? I think so. <laughs> I'll be honest, I found these on Reddit. For your money, Of course. I mean, honestly, like I like these because they're so multifaceted. Because what, you know, you thought it was going to end that when they said they had been framed. I definitely think they were painted as the villains in this case. Like that's, that's pretty multi layered there. Yeah, uh, that's why I'm glad you asked if you could go beyond just Van and go, but you you didn't go that much beyond. <laughs> <laughs> I still failed. I still failed. It was a little tough because then when I started actually reading the puns you had, I was like, oh, <laughs> well, these obviously all make sense, but now I don't have any other ideas. <laughs> yeah. Um, another funny thing about Van Gogh. So I'm sure his name is, we like we pronounce it the American way, like Van Gogh. Um, my sixth grade art history 
uh, not art history, my sixth grade art teacher told us that it was per- like his full name was pronounced Vince. Vince, uh, hold on. Vincent Fen. Oh. <laughs> Wait, I remember. I feel like that was like a meme we had in law school, wasn't? Wasn't it? Yeah, I I told like you guys. Yeah, I think during our like sixth grade math class, and then all of us would just go around being like Vincent Fen. Oh man. But yeah, apparently the V's pron- are pronounced as F's and it's not go, it's ho. But yeah, I'm sure the Dutch, he was Dutch, right? Uh, we should double check. Um, yeah, he was Dutch. So I'm sure it's per- like pronounced something more like that in Dutch than it is like Vincent van Gogh. Yeah. You know, I think the biggest art crime is people now making the Vincent van Gogh like exhibitions where they just put his artworks or they just, uh, what is it? Project his artworks on the different walls and you go there and take aesthetic pictures. <laughs> You're saying that and we literally had tickets last summer yeah, to I go know. see that. I know but like it, it seems like a scam that website every time yeah. you I go and click on it even for different events it just looks like a scam and we were almost I feel like we were almost scammed I feel like we were almost scammed as well um I mean that's why I think it's an art crime a because I think the institutions <laughs> that are doing it seem scammy and yeah. then b I feel like it I don't know I feel like it doesn't it just makes me feel weird to have that be like an aesthetic thing when he had such a miserable life, you know? Yeah. Like, I feel like museums could definitely do like their own thing and it would be so much better mm-hmm. just because, you know, there's people there who actually know the history or have yeah. researched it, learned it. Yeah, so. like you can make it aesthetic, but I feel like they only make it aesthetic and sort of disregard everything else about Bingo. It's just like using his art to attract people to make money versus a museum, which could have an installation like that, but mm. they will then imbue it with sort of educational stuff. So you can really appreciate what all these art pieces meant to Van Gogh, what it meant to the world, the impact it had on other artists, um, even Van Gogh's life itself. It's because I think the message really is like, even despite all of his um, emotional and trauma and all of that, he still saw beauty in the world, right? And that's something that we should appreciate um, and take some into our own lives as well. But if we just go and take aesthetic pictures, I feel like it sort of cheapens that idea a little bit. Yeah. Um, I went to, uh, I guess we've already said that we're located like, you know, near Dallas, but I went to the Fort Worth, um, Modern Art Museum a few weeks ago. And one of the, um, I don't want, I don't want to call it an exhibit, but one of the little areas that they had was, you know, how in museums you can go and sit down and like watch, uh, little videos or clips or movies of different things. Um, One of the ones they had was, I think it was showing like Mexico, Um, but you would go in and sit down on these 
I think they were paint buckets, but like turned over, flipped over paint buckets, like the big ones, big white ones, you know, mm-hmm. um, you go and sit down on those and watch, watch the video. I didn't stay, we didn't stay for long in that part of the museum, um, just because we weren't sure how long the video was, but I thought that was interesting. I feel like they could probably do something like that for Van Gogh instead of just going and projecting it. I don't know. The images I've seen of these traveling Van Gogh exhibitions are just, yeah, they seem like projections or they uh, have like giant TV looking screens and they'll put the pieces on there and kind of make them like, I was going to say motiony, but like more animated sort of where yeah. the colors are and the designs are moving. And then they're just like people walking around and they just sit down and watch. Yeah. I feel like there's not that much learning or like. Yeah, it's just like, it just doesn't feel like, I don't know, we're appreciating Van Gogh. We're just using his work to make money, you know, like it's. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like, hey, we're here to celebrate Van Gogh. It feels like, hey, we want to do something that draws in people who want to post pretty pictures on Instagram. So we're going to use Van Gogh to do it. Um, Mm -hmm. And I feel like the pictures aren't even that nice. (laughs) Because it's all projected, right? So then you just have a dark figure and this projection of Van Gogh stuff. So I feel like they're just not even that nice. But, you know, it's like, I get it. You should do things to attract and draw in people. That's part of marketing. That's part of just any sort of way you want to bring people to your platform. But I think having some sort of educational content, like you said, Tika, like any sort of description explanation on Van Gogh's life would, would I think help it a lot. Cause then it would feel more of a celebration of Van Gogh versus like, we're just profiting off of aesthetics, mm-hmm. you know? And those chicken tickets those tickets weren't cheap either they're like 40 dollars, right yeah it was most museums you go to are free or they have like a cost of at most like 20 dollars 25 dollars if it's like a famous museum like maybe the louvre or something and you know that all that money is going towards well at least hopefully a good amount of it is going towards doing research or preservation or conservation or even just acquiring more art pieces right whereas yeah just like maintaining the museum itself is I think a big thing yep so any thoughts Sandra hot take (laughs) (laughs) I agree with me about well you know you could take it that way where they are using the Rango name the Rango style to make money rather than to really bring an experience to people to really understand this artist and his art and you know just bring about a new generation of people that appreciate him as an artist and then his specific like uh like genre that he worked in which is like the impressionist right post-impressionist um, yeah and I do think it's a little insulting in regards because how how much like I guess was underappreciated during his time. Mm. 
Uh, if anything, I still see some people, and these are older people who you would think would like, you know, appreciate him just because of uh, their generation who say, yeah, I don't like his paintings. They look like a child drew them. And I'm like, I have never seen a child draw like that, but okay. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I feel like if these, and I, I think this goes for a lot of, things that seem kind of like a money grab if they were to say oh we're donating like a percentage of our funds for like centers that involve studying depression or shelters or you know um, mental health institutes where like youth go or whatever you know what I mean yeah I feel that maybe it wouldn't seem so like a money grab yeah or you could be like oh well it is a money grab but at the end of the day they acknowledge that this artist wasn't appreciated during his time he suffered these issues yep so we not so they are you know aware yeah i agree i think it's actually a great idea like if they had just donated portions of their revenue towards anything that either helped new artists or mental illness, I think I would have viewed the entire thing differently, right? Like, actually they're trying to do something to honor Van Gogh. I think that's the whole thing for me. It just boils down to, it doesn't feel like we're actually honoring the artist. We're just taking all of his works out of context and making it aesthetic. Do we even know if this thing was made by his estate? He has an estate, right? Like, I know it would have been too far out for it to be an estate. Okay, because I know some people like have an estate. Well, obviously they're dead, so I don't even know why I say some people. But I know some artists like you know they're dead, but their estate does like crazy shit under their name. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like the Sherlock Holmes or the or, uh, Conan Doyle or Conan Arthur what what is his name Arthur Conan Doyle yeah the Arthur Conan Doyle estate has a lot of uh, <laughs> has a lot of power and control over all Sherlock Holmes um, media the, I I see ads for like a Frida Kahlo version of it oh I really think of that honestly. She had a horrible relationship with like Diego, um, or Diego Rivera, and I'll never doubt that she did suffer some. But she was herself as an individual, kind of a horrible person. <laughs> I didn't know that. No, yeah, she was quite something. <laughs> like, here's the thing: if you talk to a Mexican from Mexico, they'll be like, "I don't care for her." Mm, interesting like I have an aunt who hates it recently oh. she's like warmed up to her art <laughs> I said something she's like you know I'll be able to maybe appreciate her art now but her the person never I'm like okay wait really because of her relationship with Diego no she's just a horrible person herself <laughs> like you know how she dresses? She is like appropriating indigenous culture. Oh. She's actually like one of the like 
like rich families of Mexico. Hmm. So she was like an elite herself. Um, well, but her mom is mestizo. Okay. So she does have some indigenous bloodline. But it's just like, you're not like raised. I mean, I'm mestizo and I'm not like out here saying I'm indigenous. Oh, I see. Okay. So mestizo is just such a big word. Like it's such a broad word. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. You can't just like, you can be like, I don't know. Like those people that are like, I'm Mexican because they have a Mexican grandma. I'm like, no, your grandma's Mexican, not you. <laughs> so it's like that like that's what that word is right. like yeah obviously like the whole latin american continent is like mixed with indigenous but like we're not socialized you know within that culture so i really don't think a lot of us can claim that we're indigenous mm, i see because you didn't grow up in the it's like the difference between your race and your ethnicity yeah that makes sense yeah no she in i don't know she's just does all these other things i'm like frida what the fuck <laughs> yeah if anything i feel like uh like mexicans from mexico like diego Rivera better even though he was also a horrible person himself i mean we'll have to do a separate episode because this is sort of all news to me yeah, no, that's what my aunt said. She's all like, yeah, I hated that over here she's seen that this, like, this feminist icon. She didn't give a fuck about women. She's oh. all like, she's not, she wasn't even trying to be feminist. And I was like, oh, girly, it's 11 a.m. I barely woke up. <laughs> I don't need this Bria uh, Kahlo rant. <laughs> yeah, also, like, I've always liked her art, but I was never, like, super into her. Mm-hmm. so i so i feel like the reason why she's so up in arms is so she like so i would take her side but i was like dear aunt i i don't have strong feelings by the way <laughs> very but, interesting yeah, yeah we'll have to do another episode sandra okay but i'll interview so i'll be like okay tell me why yeah and i can be like here's what the article say like historic documented stuff yeah here's my aunt's opinion yeah that would be a really interesting comparison Indeed. all right well we strayed a little bit away from the uh van gogh art crime but i think we got to some interesting places do you think with all this vr stuff all like these artist stuff is gonna be you know holograms now because oh. i feel that like that virtual experience thing would be really good for like Dolly yeah oh yeah that's interesting oh I thought you meant like are we gonna have more VR art like is future art all going to be I guess future art in terms of new art and old art all consumed through VR headsets no I was thinking more like like I guess like sorry I I misused the word VR like the projections like for Van Gogh right. and we don't want now yeah um do you think like old artists will like be rediscovered through that like these projections yeah i think so but i think for the creators of these immersive experiences they need to rely on sort of a name brand if that makes sense like they're gonna do van gogh because pretty much everybody if you say van gogh will know who he is 
Um, and I feel like most people know Dolly as well, but I think in terms of maybe a lesser known artists, I don't think they will because if people don't really know the name, then they're not going to come out for this, right? Like this is a combination of, oh, it looks so aesthetic and also, oh, I know who Van Gogh is. So. Oh, um, going off of something you just said, I had a question or somewhat one of my friends who you guys both also know. I don't know if I asked this last time. Um, is it Custard? Huh? Is it our friend Custard? No, it's it's the friend that I made that I went to Europe with, and then ah, okay, okay. Sonia, you know her from from Spanish class. Mm-hmm. She asked me how people uh, people become famous. Hold on, let me let me find the question. I wrote it down. Yeah, she asked me something like, uh, "How do artists become famous?" Kind of, and that's kind of what we were just talking about, right? Like how if we had something VR for a lesser known artist, it might not work as well. But if we did for, you know, like Van Gogh or Dali or some other big artist, it would work. Yeah. Is she asking like if, how are artists today being discovered or how are old artists all of a sudden popularized? Uh, I think she meant more like today because we were, we were at the museum together and she asked like, how do these people become well-known enough to be put into the museum Mm. yeah I mean I think it's like just a combination of art critics and connections and art buyers I just Uh, I think you just need someone influential to be like I'm buying all of your art for a really high amount and then people are like "Ooh, their art must be good I think it depends on what type of artist you want to be because I feel like the term artist is so broad now. If you're talking about like a traditional artist who just post, post on social media, like they make physical things, I would agree with Manchi that it's a combination of art critics, um, connections, and just kind of, I honestly think all kinds of artists are get big a little bit out of like random luck with like algorithms and stuff. But if you're talking about like digital artists that like, uh, I guess like work for like have brand deals like Nike, like uh, and make all these like graphic T-shirt things. Um, I would also say it's connections and kind of like algorithm things. But if you're talking about artists that make like fan art, they're like really famous. I would say is that those type of artists tap into like a niche, like audience, and just pump out a bunch of like art dedicated to that you know yeah you're right Sandra my uh, perception of artist is really narrow because I'm just thinking about people get featured in museums but you're right there's a ton of artists out there and also not just limited to like actual painting or drawing right you have sculptors Mm -hmm. you have um well potters is that the right term (laughs) potheads okay potheads (laughs) yeah because I mean I'm more into like like the reason why I'm even in art school is because of like fan art Mm. like I was in middle school I discovered Davian art and I was like oh my gosh people can like draw their favorite characters like I don't know why I didn't put two and two together uh so I feel like it really depends on what type of artist you want to be because a lot of like the artists I know that 
yeah, they draw, they have the skill and everything, but they don't really draw like works of art of their own. Like, like let's say a Dali, a Kahlo, Rango, they mostly just draw stuff from media they consume. They're still artists, but they're, you know, a different type of artist because they're creating these things of works that already exist. Yeah. I mean, to some degree, it's, it's kind of the same as like, um, I mean, I feel like when Monet drew all of his cathedral pictures or all his water lilies, he was just, his form of content was just nature and architecture, right? <laughs> he was just drawing fan art of the Notre Dame and he was just drawing fan art of his garden. <laughs> well, he didn't have a built-in audience already, you know? He had to like go and get it, go and make it. Yeah. Versus if but- you're a fan artist, you kind of already have, you know, like, they, there is a group of people that will be looking at your thing. Yeah. I mean, you could also make the argument that everybody was technically a built-in, or anybody who loved pictures of nature or loved pictures of the Notre Dame were the fan base, the existing fan base. True. Yeah, but I mean, I think you're right. Like, fan art is something a little bit more specific now, but mm-hmm. I think for anybody who's like, oh, it's like plagiarism or you're just, you're not coming up with anything original. I think the argument against that is just not all paintings previous artists painted were necessarily the most original, right? Like a lot of them are still lives or portraitures. And it's about capturing the essence or your take of what reality is, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, and there's also a whole argument about how since the dawn of time, we've just been making derivatives of each other's work. Yep. Like, yeah. I'm pretty sure Shakespeare... Like, Shakespeare stole all his stuff from Christopher Marlowe. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure he, like, you know, his stuff was fan art. Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, Fifty Shades of Grey was, like, Twilight fanfic. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, derivatives have been existing. Yeah. But yeah, you know, just girly things. <laughs> just the uh, art drama lava things, you know? Yeah, just lava things. All right, Jimmy, so. you want to wrap it up? Yeah, um, I've been cutting in and out, so I'll be quick. So this episode, we talked about well, first we talked about an art heist that almost happened with the Vincent van Gogh National Museum in Amsterdam, where some um, four art thieves, four thieves were trying to steal 20 artworks, but they failed because of car troubles. We also talked, <laughs> we also made some van Gogh or like, I guess, art related puns. And then lastly, we kind of wrapped it up with talking about two different things so one the how to kind of honor artists um rather than just through you know random exhibit exhibitions that seem more for profit rather than honoring the memory of the artist and then also we talked about how artists sort of become famous enough to be put into museums so yeah Great episode, guys. Alrighty. Are you all ready to sign up for me to sign us off? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> Hopefully I get it right the first time.
Let's see. If you have any stories you would like for us to cover, email us at artdramalama at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon, all under Art Drama Llama. And lastly, thank you for joining us, and we hope we can continue looking beyond the galleries with y'all next time. Bye, Llamas. Bye. Bye. Thank mm-hmm. you.